0: There was a great guy in, in Europe that said to me, Debbie, you need to buy them when they're four because you know their mouth and their mind. He said, Younger than that, you don't know them. He said, Three year olds, you still don't know where they're going to go.
1: Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast the show for eventing fans by eventing fans
2: so karen uh we got another uh super fan reached out to us yeah
1: this is a different one
2: a different one yeah a new super fan Uh,
1: yeah petey the cat
2: oh petey the cat as in Four legs and a tail?
1: I, I think so. Okay. Yeah.
2: Petey the, well, so, what did Petey the Cat have to say?
1: Well, Petey's friend Kelsey, they both work for Philip Dutton. Oh. And they reached out to us to, to let us know that they listen to the show and they're big fans.
2: Oh, well, thank you, Kelsey and
1: Petey the Cat.
2: Yeah. So, you know, you've arrived, Karen, when you have a cat as a super fan. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. And
2: a very talented cat at that because clearly Petey wrote the email.
1: I think Kelsey wrote it you for th- Oh, yeah. okay. I was
2: way off. I was way <laughs> off. So you know you've arrived, Karen, when you have a, a, a cat for a super fan. And uh, so that's very cool. So Petey has a Instagram.
1: Yeah, Pete's
2: the cat. Pete's the cat. So let's get Pete's the cat pumped up there, everybody, because clearly Pete's got great taste in everything. So. Yes, he does. And um, we will take any super fan recommendations. Anyone have a pet rock out there or anything like that, we're... <laughs> We will be glad to welcome everyone to the show's uh, super fan group. Right, Karen? Of course. Okay. So, but in all in all, kidding aside, thank you very much, Kelsey, for the wonderful note. And best of luck to you and Pete's over at uh, Big Phil's. And as usual, we love our long, long time sponsor of this show, Main and Tail, Karen. Love them. Love Main and Tail so much. The Main and Tail folks are just wonderful, wonderful people mm-hmm. for the sport. They have the highest quality products, and they treat their people that work there so wonderful. We were able to get there and visit this place where they make the stuff. It was fantastic. Today, we're going to talk about the Mane & Tail Ultimate Gloss Shampoo and Conditioner.
1: Oh, yeah. So, the Mane & Tail's Ultimate Gloss Shampoo and Conditioner is the first step to ensuring the highest shine for your horse's coat, Mane & Tail. It gently but deeply cleanses, leaving an unbelievably soft, silky coat with a premium reflective shine. Ultimate Gloss is wonderful to use on your dog's coat, too. Its formula is gentle enough to use on your adorable four-legged best friend. Ultimate Gloss softly lifts dirt and debris while leaving fur silky smooth, soft, and shiny for an unbeatable, glossy finish. No need for a knight in shining armor to come to the rescue. You just need the Boss of Gloss, Mane and Tail Ultimate Gloss.
2: The Boss of Gloss. You know who uses the Boss of Gloss, Karen?
1: We use it on Stanley.
2: Stanley uses the Boss of Gloss. So, keeps his white, super white and shiny, and his black coat nice and, got a nice little shine to it.
1: Yeah, and it keeps him, uh, his... Fur is nice and soft too it's after soft, we use it.
2: Very soft. So he's kind of got soft hair and then he's got coarse hair, and the coarse hair it softens it up so it makes it nice. So mm-hmm. we get compliments on that all the time. So we love this stuff, Kim. we love it. We love this stuff. PH balanced. Mm-hmm. So you can use it every day. It's not like it's gonna do anything funky to your horse or anything. Like
1: right. That, and it moisturizes so. brittle, damaged mane and tails.
2: Yeah. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. We love this stuff. We love mane and tail. The people behind mane and tail are just as fabulous as the products. Yes, they are. So again, thank you so much, Mane & Tail. And we couldn't do this show without Mane & Tail, could we, Karen?
1: No, we can't. So I've had my Fairfax and Favorite boots now for a few weeks, and I'm totally obsessed with them. I had to expand my Fairfax and Favorite collection and get a pair of new tassels to go with my tall, tan Regina boots. I got the navy blue. And I also got a Fairfax and favor belt to match my boots and wore them the past weekend. And I got nothing but compliments from everyone who saw me wanting to know where to get them. So go ahead, go to fairfaxandfavor.com Check out everything they have. You got to look at the purses, the belts, the boots. You won't regret it. So thank you, Fairfax and favor for everything you do. Triple
2: Crown Feed. Oh, yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there. Mm -hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there?
1: So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to TripleCrownFree.com.
2: Triple com. That's a little bit of a tongue twist. TripleCrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there, check out Triple Crown Feed's website, check out the different products, check out what makes them so special, and give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh yeah. Support the people to support the show. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds, no matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And Karen, I'm very, very excited for today's Major League of Ending podcast. Yeah, I
1: am too. So
2: we, one of the, my favorite things about doing this show is meeting new people, meeting interesting people. And today I think we have one that is... Um, Involved in the sport in so many many Mm -hmm. facets that it's gonna, it's just I just cannot wait to talk to this person. She was uh, recommended by our good friend Chris Ryan Karen at the Maryland Five Star. You might have heard that interview previously on the show. Um, So welcome to the show, Debbie Adams.
0: Welcome. Why thank you. I'm glad to join you guys this evening.
2: Yeah. So uh, when Chris says we got to get someone on. (laughs) We listen. Yes, we
1: do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we got the pleasure of meeting you very briefly at the Maryland Five Star uh, after the uh, Young Event Horse Awards ceremony. You were a judge at at Maryland, so uh, it was great to kind of briefly meet you, but this is our first time really getting a chance to talk, so super excited.
0: Well, the Maryland group put on an amazing competition. Um, I was fortunate enough to judge the championships last year on the east and west coast and then of course again this year and it was unbelievable the quality they produced it made it so easy to judge
2: man that is so exciting
1: and it was also a big weekend for you not just for judging but uh your horse uh da lifetime won the three-star
0: well, that is the most exciting part, I have to <laughs> agree. <laughs> Not that, you know, judging for two days isn't fun, but watching this mare has been so much fun having her develop. like, But I didn't get to see her dressage that Aww. weekend. I didn't even get to see her warm up. Um, I didn't see her go by my ring. I was so focused. I didn't see her until it was jump day.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> so we got to get more into that. We're gonna get more into that because yeah. that's that is uh, super crazy. But so <clears throat> so before we get started, we always like to just know that like we're gonna get into all of that. Kind of mm-hmm. This is this oh, yeah. is crazy. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. This is so exciting. There's so much to unbox. But uh, before we get uh, too far into, it, we always like to know since you're coming to us by phone, uh, where are you at right now? Well, for
0: the next few weeks, I'm still in New Jersey. But like everybody
2: else, I head to Florida soon. Got it. Well, uh, you go to Ocala or Wellington? Yes. Or you? Okay. No, nope, I
0: go to Ocala.
2: Gotcha. What part of Jersey yeah, are you in?
0: I am in southern New Jersey. Like, I'd be due east of Philadelphia.
2: Gotcha. Okay. okay. Okay, cool. Where the home of the Jersey tomatoes are grown, Karen. That's
1: what yes. I'm talking
0: about.
2: <laughs> Everything goes back to food with me. You'll find <laughs> Debbie. So. <laughs>
0: Me too. I'm ex- I'm with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> very cool. Very very cool.
1: Yeah. So Debbie, before um, we get into any current uh, stuff with you, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in horses?
0: Well, um, if you saw where I am now, I live on the family farm, so I grew up with horses and cows and chickens and puppies and cats. Total farm kid, um, grew up with the herd of ponies and 4-H, and that whole life. So I've been with horses my entire existence. Oh wow,
2: were you were you always eventing, or like I know in that Southern Jersey part, there's a lot of like Western and rodeo riding out there. So were you always eventing, or what type of experience did you have when you were young?
0: Um, I did 4-H when I was young, but I was I did English, so it's like equitation and hunters. Um, there was one event that we put on at our farm. I don't know, maybe when I was like 14 years old, something like that, my family tried to run a horse trials and we got a little bit of a reaction, but not really. It wasn't until, um, after college, I went to Morven Park when Morven Park was training instructors. That's when I learned about eventing. That's how I got my start.
2: Interesting. So not until after college did you get into it even. That's really really yeah, interesting. Could, could you elaborate on that? Like how did wh- wh- how, wh- what was that program? And is it something that's still happening today? And
0: um, I feel it like was. Yeah, it'd be great if it was happening. Um, what more Park used to do, they had an instructor's course, and it was a year long course, and you lived there, and you spent every waking moment doing what you were told to do. It was run by a Major Lynch, who was from England and he ran it military style and you were awake at six and you're in the barn and you did everything on a very tight schedule. But what they tried to do was train us into the sport of eventing and instructing people and training horses. And they had quite a um, large number of horses donated to Morven Park. So we had quite a group to work with, um, I'm afraid financially that kind of situation doesn't exist anymore, but it was um, an amazing thing to be part of.
2: Wow. That sounds amazing. I never knew of that. I've heard of like the rider in residence programs and things like Mm -hmm. that. Was this something that you had to apply for and be accepted to, or was this kind of open to anyone who could financially afford it? Like how how did that all work?
0: Um, It was kind of interesting thing that they did um, as far as us getting to be part of it. You had an interview. Part of the interview, um, of course, you rode horses. You had to jump like a three-foot course. So you had to have some kind of knowledge of, you know, equitation and being able to do things. But the fun thing for us is the horses that were donated had a huge tax write-off from Morven, So a lot of them were old event horses and sport horses, These were not horses that um, you wouldn't be interested in riding today. You would still really like them. They were competition horses.
2: So were you able to compete them or was this all like just you there training, learning about it and and how did that work? Did you ride the same horse every day or did you rotate around? How did that work?
0: Um, Well, we were divided into three groups. So I was in a barn, which say had maybe 20 horses in it. And you would each week be assigned two horses that you would groom and ride and do your lessons on. You'd have at least two lessons a day minimum. And then you also would have a lunch lesson every day. You had lectures, you had practice teaching, you had stable management. Um, and then the next week you might have two different horses. So each week you had horses that you worked with Um So it was a really good background on how to try to figure out working with different types of horses. And it was all eventing, um, very strong dressage orientation. Then Um, we didn't get to compete till the very, very end of the season because they really wanted to train us. And a lot of people hadn't come from a strong competition background, Um, but we did things within the school That you could almost call a competition because you had what, probably 35, 36 kids taking the course at a time. So we'd have our own. And as you can imagine, being young kids, like college age and fresh out of high school, you're competitive every week.
2: Wow. I wonder what, I wonder if that would fly today. I think, I think if you said, hey, here's a, if someone owned a, a farm and they were like a, you know a certified instructor with the icp or something i wonder if young people ins- instead of going to college or in lieu of college or you know or in conjunction with a college degree or would you know how many people would sign up for that
0: you know i, I think know. they would i, I mean would i choose. i think a lot of people want i know i have like students that they reach that age of like 18 20 22 they they start to get restless on where they're going to go and what they're going to do and i i think a program like that would be great but i mean can you imagine the expense that we had at that time Warren Park had one indoor and now it has two but they stabled i don't know well maybe 50 horses we all lived on site i can't imagine the cost factor and, and we all know how big that property is it's yeah what is it like 1200 acres and you have cross-country course and you have dorms and um i don't know how you'd ever make the numbers work at a place that, that big yeah.
2: now did you have to pay to go or was this like a scholarship like if you got accepted it was uh covered by the usca or how, how did how did that work
0: no no you pay it was like it was like i did um just like going to college you yeah. pay a semester you had to have all your own equipment that gave you a list, you know, how to, what type of saddle you had to have, what kind of snaffle bridle, your grooming kit, every little outfit that they gave you a very itemized list. Wow. Um, but no, you did pay tuition.
2: Gotcha. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah, intrigued I mean, by that great idea.
0: idea if you could figure out a business model because you learn so much just doing it day in and day out. I mean, it's much stronger than a working student
2: program. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, you're, you're, right. you're, you're a, you're a student, you're a college student learning how to ride and train. I mean, kind of similar to like a, a classical French riding school or something like that. But I think that is intriguing.
0: Right. Yeah. never heard. I would of it, love but... to like, yeah, yeah, it was great. And one for years
2: that. Not that I would be the instructor, but I mean, I'm <laughs> just saying, I think it's a great idea. I think if, I mean, that sounds amazing to me. So thanks for sharing that. Cause I didn't even know that existed. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so now from there, you you were, you you were know you learned all about eventing. Is that when you decided you wanted to do this full-time for a living? Or ha- what was the next yeah, step in your um, eventing career?
0: So then when I graduated to Morvan, I came home to the family farm and wanted to run a horse trial. So we started the first horse trials here at in Lee Farm, I think it was either 74, 75. Wow. That we started our first USEA horse trials and we've been running ever since. We run twice a year. It runs preliminary on down. Um, and it just, it became a passion. And then, you know, you start the horse trials and you start to see if you can make a living doing a little bit of teaching, a little bit of riding. Uh, back then, which I have to admit was in the mid seventies, people didn't earn a living riding like they do now. Like you didn't get paid to compete a horse or paid. You might ride it and train it and get it started over fences across cross-country, and then you hand it back. It wasn't as it is now that you could make a living. You had to teach. You had to do sales. Um, I used to do lectures in adult education at night, uh, all kinds of mix just to get going.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. And is Flora Lee the family farm that you grew up on?
0: Yeah, it's um. I'm, I still live there. I have my own little place cut out on the back. Um, it's been in the family. Oh God, over a hundred years. Wow. Jeez. Yes,
2: crazy. We love Florley. Yeah. Actually, we were just there for your your yeah. your last horse Yeah, the trials. September,
1: the one in September. Yep. And,
2: you know, one thing I love <laughs> about Florley is um, it's it's. It's a great venue you get everything in but you can see so much from a very without a lot of walking a lot of travel so you can see the dressage rings you can see the show jumping in the warm up and and uh I think for like we brought a friend who is she was a hunter rider and she's learning more about eventing she has a young horse in training actually with our son mm-hmm. and um but you know she, she, it was she wanted this horse to be a hunter horse and I was like well he's off the track and he's a little hot and so she thought maybe he might like eventing and it was a great place for her to come and really see a lot without a lot of walking and it was all it's all right there in front of you and uh you know she was able to see buck and bruce yeah. and and uh, uh ryan wood you know all these big name riders and all that competing right along with 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 young people and
1: and i think she's hooked now and she's
2: hooked now in eventing so thanks to uh, you Fleur lee <laughs> oh, i mean gosh. really you know like it was a place that really got her i mean she had been to fair hill but fair hill's big and you know we love fair hill obviously we, we live right next door but it's a big place and you could be at stabling and not see actually a single piece of competition. Right. Um, you know, because of, you know, a little bit of travel between the, the places. So she was able to see so much. And, uh, and so thank you so much for doing that there. And, and you run such a great event and you have such wonderful volunteers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I'm so glad we're getting this chance to thank you personally for putting on this amazing show that you have at your nice, I would say, little farm, <laughs> uh, you know, because it's very small for a place to hold an event. You maximize the use of your space incredibly well, too.
0: Well, I will pass that along to the family. They will be thrilled because, you know, we each have a niche. Like Fair Hill has that beautiful cross country in the terrain. What we offer, like you said, it's a small piece of property. But everybody that comes there, they know they can come in with their horses that need mileage or experience or students learning. You can come in, you can do three phases in one day. You don't have to stable like you said, you can see them. So you can watch your students. You can have your horses videotaped. Uh, The cross-country fences are real. They're up to level. Uh, Most of them are built by Morgan Roselle. We have lovely fences. And we try to do it as nice as we can. And like you said, there's a lot of names that come because they start the young horses. They come in. They go out. Like I think Caroline Martin did 14 horses this year
1: oh my goodness over the two (laughs) days
0: wow but uh, for her it's nice because she can go home at night she can bring them in give them the mileage you know most people do less I mean I think Jenny had four and Woodsy probably had two or three and Buck only did one day this time because Saturday was the birthday for his little girl so we didn't get him both days (laughs)
2: Nah, but you you definitely made a um, <clears throat> a hook You might have you might have made a permanent horse owner for our son, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. I think so, so I think <laughs> a horse that uh, a horse that came for uh, you know, hey, can you just try him this one day, and then I'll bring him next week and try him, and next thing you know, he's uh, he's got the horse in for training and and um, full time, and and it was going to be a one month just to kind of get him going good, and now it's you know after the trip to Floralie, she's like. Maybe Aiken. Maybe, maybe Aiken might work.
1: You know? <laughs> so, but, you know,
2: that, that that's what's fantastic about this sport, too, is that you could, on a, on any given Saturday or Sunday, see your idols and your heroes and some of the best in the world competing at your local show, you know? And, and I don't think you get that in all the different sports and everything. So, that's wonderful. I didn't know you actually owned Florley. I knew you were the organizer, but I didn't realize that was your home base. So... Um, well it's the
0: family. I don't own it. The family owns
2: it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well that's yeah. nice to share. Just yeah, share the yeah. yeah. <laughs> share the the, sure. the uh yeah, so nice. tell us about your career. Now you've evented um, you know, up to I believe it was advanced level. And could,
0: could you tell us a little bit oh, about yeah.
2: your writing career?
0: Okay. So um yeah, I've I've ridden around well, I call it Rolex, but Kentucky. No, I've, I've had several advanced horses that went around Kentucky for, for me. Um, so that was nice. I, You know, when you come out of Morvan Park, you're like, you want to event. So then you've got to find horses. So back at that time, almost everything was thoroughbred right off the track. Um, so that's what you would start with. And so I took the horses and I would start to compete them. And then... I had this one horse that was half Arab and half thoroughbred. He did not event well. Um, He did not like going out in the open. So he's what led me into the dressage world. So um, I have a dressage license in judging as well as my event license because this particular horse took me into the dressage world for a while. Then I had other horses that would take me into the event world So it's whatever horse you have kind of takes you in that direction. Like you just said, with the the horse that your son got in his barn, I mean, the horses shape your life. Um, But no, I I wanted to event and I took those horses. And um, it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I started to buy horses that weren't just thoroughbreds. I thought that if I bought horses that were bred for jumping, that the sport might be a little bit easier. And I think a lot of people agree with me now that we need to buy sport horses that are bred to jump, that do have the ability to gallop. When I first started and I rode with Bruce Davidson forever, it was all thoroughbreds that you had to teach them physically how to jump. Um, and as we all know, there built for racing so it takes them a while to to learn to do the jumping Whereas some of these other horses are are built for it so it's a interesting game to to be in the horse really dictates which where you're going to go
2: wow how about that that's very
0: cool so <clears throat>
2: So, uh, you have, so, you do so much. So let's yeah. talk about the horses and the breeding and all that stuff. Cause it, 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 it's, um, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but that's a good segue into the horses. So you're now you have, um, you know, years ago, you said you started buying horses. Can you tell us about that evolution? You, you were buying horses, importing horses. And now like you have people like Kurt Martin riding your horse. Can you tell us about like the horses that you're you're buying or do you breed horses too or are you sourcing most of the
0: horses that you have i'm sourcing them um what i do is i try to buy them when they're four years old because then they're old enough you can see what their bodies are going to be like there was a great guy in in europe that said to me debbie you need to buy them when they're four because you know their mouth and their mind he said younger than that you don't know them." He said, three-year-olds, you still don't know where they're going to go. And that's been great advice because they are very different at three. Um, I don't like to buy them older than four because they're too expensive.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. But how I started it, I had a really good horse, um, a thoroughbred off the track. But he was four. I took him advanced. I got injured. So Buck Davidson took the ride. He did absolutely great with the horse, ran him around Rolex, finished high, made the Olympic team, took him to Sydney in 2000 to be in the Olympics. And the horse bowed in the last gallop, Mm -hmm. right? Bowed both front legs. I mean, it was just devastating, but it was a lovely horse. Um, After 18 months of rehab, We brought him back. We evented a little bit. I decided to sell him into the horse show world. So that gave me my seed money to buy what I was going to do as my next event horse. And I decided I was going to take all that money and buy something bred for jumping. I was fascinated with the self Français horses, um, So I wish I could remember the woman's name, but the the lady that owned that really nice horse that Michael Mass rode, Farms Newsprint Farm. She breeds cell phone and had lovely horses. I contacted her. She connected me with somebody in France because she said, what you're specifically looking for, he's going to help you find. So that was my first trip overseas. I went to France. I bought what would have been a horse of a lifetime from me, and he was a great horse. I actually ended up selling him to Philip Dutton when he was advanced, um, but it was an amazing horse. It's just like one horse takes you here, and then the next horse takes you another way. Yeah. Right. Um, Yes. Was your I intention mean, after, to
2: buy the horse, to sell? Like, was this a, a business model that you wanted to get into of buying young and then training and selling? Or did you want to compete this horse for yourself? Like, can you tell us your thought process? It became,
0: no, it became a business model. No, I found the horse advanced for quite a while. Um, lovely, big French horse. Very good in all three phases. A little bit tricky in the dressage when she became advanced. Um, but... Philip was very, very interested in the horse. He liked him. I had several good offers. And at that point, I had started to train with Phil Dutton. Um, I was no longer in Bruce's barn. And he liked the horse so much. And you can imagine like selling an advanced horse to somebody like that. It was a big business move. It was a lot more money than I had ever made on a horse. So it enabled me to buy several youngsters. Um, and they had high hopes with the horse. They were going to take him places I couldn't afford to take. I, I didn't have the money to train him or competing at that level. Like he should have gone all over Europe. He should have done all kinds of things. Um, so it becomes too valuable to keep like to have enough money to campaign him. I had to sell him to get the money.
2: Gotcha.
0: So, um, That was one of the most heart-wrenching moves of my life, selling that horse. Wow. What was the name of that
2: horse?
0: um, How you pronounce it or what it looks like. (laughs) You pronounce it, I guess. When you see it written down, everybody called him Cheops de Kesne. But it's supposed to be a Cheops de Kesne. Oh, okay.
1: Okay.
0: But um, he's a lovely, lovely horse, and um, Philip competed in him for a while, and then sold him on because things didn't go as he planned, which happens with horses, mm-hmm. but enabled me to start to buy horses that were four or five years old, bred for jumping, had a lot of blood, had the movement. And um, I ran a couple of those advanced, and then people wanted to buy them, and it seemed like a good idea to sell.
2: Wow. Very cool. So now today, are you you're still buying young horses? Are are you like, for instance, DA Lifetime? Is that and uh, Kurt Martin's riding this horse? Obviously, uh, we'd love to hear the story about DA Lifetime. So let's start there. Can you tell us about DA Lifetime right now and how Kurt got the ride on? Well,
0: she's a fun story. Some of the stories are not that interesting. She's fun. (laughs) We bought her as a five year old. We went to Germany. I'm fascinated with Holsteiner. So I wanted to go to the band and see the auction and see the horses and see like, I want to know what the game is. So like when I first started to buy Dutch horses, I went over early and looked at the horse shows so I could see what it was before I met dealers, but going over to get lifetime, we were looking and we were there for, I think five days and, my husband, Tony, Kurt, myself, we went and we saw a couple of horses we liked and we were toying with the idea of buying them for the right money. Uh, one looked pretty good, but when we tried them, it was pouring rain. We could only ride them indoors, which is something I don't normally do. I normally have to take them outside as well. You know, I have my own little list of things I do when I try horses. So we were driving back to the airport, and it's pouring rain and Kurt said, "You know, Elmar sells horses, and I bought a couple from him years ago. Let me call him and see what he has." So it was the last place we looked. It stopped on the way to the airport. We rode six horses. The very last one he brings out is this big gray mare, and she's five, so you can imagine you know." A, 5 year old, big young horse in an indoor at night the pouring rain. She's pretty flamboyant. And I loved her. I thought she was great. We didn't, you know, we thanked the people. We left. We driving. And my husband said, so how come we didn't buy that horse? And we said, but you won't let us buy a mare. And he goes, for her, I'll make an exception. <laughs> We've gone down the Audubon, We turn around. It's pitch black at night. It's pouring rain. We turn around. I get on the cell phone. I call Elmore back. And I said, Elmore, I need to talk to you. I just want to come see the mayor in the barn. And we need to talk. So, like, going to some of these barns in Europe is such an education. So we go back in. We look at her. She's in this huge stall with a single little um, stall guard in front of her. We call them bananas, the single strand. Yeah. That's the only thing that held her in the stall. The other side's a big open window. She's got geldings to the left and right of her. She doesn't care. We go in, we talk to him, we do the chatting, you know, we all do our own little business thing. I couldn't get them down one euro. Oh. I mean they, they knew what they had. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't get them down on the price. Um, but we decided we were going to buy her. So we go through the motions and we're driving back to the airport and we're talking about it and it is just a miserable night raining. And we came up with her name, which you'll see in print all the time. We call her Clarence. And that's in honor of the saxophone player that used to be on Bruce Springsteen's band. Okay. Yeah when we made the decision to buy her, Jungleland was playing on the radio, and he was uh, Clarence Clemens was doing his solo, and which we all love. So we had the music blaring. <laughs> we said, "Well, in honor of Clarence, we're going to name this horse after him." So that's her name.
2: Wow! Very cool. Very that, cool. That
0: is, that's a cute story.
2: That is awesome. Yeah. And then Kurt. So Kurt's had her since she was five
0: brought her up well i kept her the first year and you know started her started the dressage just started easy work the farm getting a basic fitness in her but she's really um she's a big girl and we were buying her for kurt to ride and compete and i was just going to start her and that's kind of where i am now in my my business i buy the young ones get them going i ride them to a level that I feel comfortable. I'm a little older now. Since I'm 67, I don't do the upper levels. So I find a rider for them when they get to a certain point or sell them on or or whatever. Um, So I just started her the first year. I didn't compete her at all. And then Kurt's done everything with her. And he's done a great job. He sure has. That's
2: amazing. Amazing. sir. How many horses... Uh, do you have out competing now with different riders? Would you say?
0: Um, actually, I don't have too many. The, we had Doraz, that D. A. Doraz, that Lauren Kiefer competed. Yeah. And we just switched his careers. He's now doing Grand Prix show jumping oh, wow. and winning. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it wasn't even a year from when he retired from eventing that we switched him over to show jumping and he's winning grand prix um Matt Holberg rides him and you know there's just he rides his horse great he just gets along with him beautifully and it's a a wonderful life for the horse now that he's not going to be an event horse
2: how about that that's amazing so
0: your question about yeah about young horse, about horses I've got one. I'm picking up on Monday. I'm really excited. I just bought another one.
2: Where's that coming from?
0: That's coming from Holland.
2: Holland. Oh my goodness. So, do you have a favorite breed uh, for yourself when you purchase, or is it, or will you just when you find the right horse, you that's what you get?
0: Yeah, it's the right horse. But I do look at 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 breeds. Um, I love the. French horses, I love the Holsteiner, I like um, the Dutch horses. But as you look at the registries, there's so much mixed together because Mm -hmm. it's not really that it's a Dutch breed, it's a Dutch registry. So it could have a lot of Holsteiner in it, it can have a lot of Thoroughbred in it. Um, So I do want horses with blood. I, like everybody else, love the American Thoroughbreds. I love them because they're smart. and they're just so quick to learn but for our sport i need them crossed with something that's got the movement and the jump gotcha
2: do you have a um so now kind of getting into your judging and your critique of young horses and all that like so when you're when you're spotting a horse do you have a percentage of thoroughbred blood that that you want to kind of stay within or is it or is it just a body type or
0: that's a that's a great question um because that's one of my soapboxes there that you just put me back up. Um,
2: I'm a professional interviewer, Debbie, you know, so that's what I yeah. do.
0: <laughs> they, um, they don't let us, we don't know how much blood they have in them when we're looking at them as a judge. Um, but the interesting thing in our sport is if you look at the horses that are winning at the top levels, a lot of them don't have 50% blood the top 10 horses at Kentucky last year all had less than 50% blood.
1: Wow. And those
0: horses are the ones that are winning. Yeah, because you need an athlete that's all around. I mean, our sport has really turned into a triathlon. Mm-hmm. It's not just endurance. They need to have the other abilities. Um, so they need to be agile. They need to have the balance. They need to have the strength. And they need to have the mind to learn
2: all of that and the repetition, gotcha. Yeah, and you know, I've even looked at like a lot of the like the Irish horses pedigrees. Now look at they have a lot of German blood in them. Am I? Does that sound right? Like, I mean, I know I would like look through like the the Gorsbridge catalog and all, and next you know, I would see, kind of horses registered and they had Holsteiner, and which I found interesting. I thought those horses would be very, very Irish. I thought, but it looks like they're bringing a lot of German blood in too.
0: Well, yeah, I went to um, Ireland and looked at horses, so I learned a lot about that as well. But yeah, in Ireland, the horses aren't branded. So it's very interesting. Some of the horses that are in Ireland, you really, I mean, like, if you have a Dutch horse, it's got a brand. Or you have a Holstein, it's got a brand. Right. The Dutch don't. I mean, the Irish don't, excuse me. So it's just one of those fun facts. but. Yeah, a lot of the Irish horses are bred with the lines from the other countries, which is a bit of a sore spot for some of the Irishmen. I mean, we need to chat with Chris about that. But um,
2: yeah,
0: some of them get a little upset that there's so much blood from the outside coming in now. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: because yeah, the Irish horse. I mean, like I say, I always thought it was uh, right, I, right. I th- keeping it. Keeping and I never
0: in- even thought that they
1: weren't even branded.
0: I never, nah. I never thought. About no, that. they don't. No, it's interesting. They don't allow that so that's just a little trivia yeah
2: is that a is that something when you're shopping for a horse so like our younger son he has competed a self-run say once and he did very well with mm-hmm. him. and that horse competed until they were how old he was he was doing
1: it was like 18
2: 18 18 years mm-hmm. old and um and then the, re- the owner just has to retire him so but wonderful horse great galloper and um actually it's a horse that boyd competed and won Bromont. The, the then one star and then he was retired for a long time and then boyd right. gave our son to ride on the horse and then he again went oh, that's back, great. he went back to bromont and retired at the same competition uh taking third
1: third yeah you know,
2: at the once then one star now two star right isn't that yeah. how it was yep.
1: mm-hmm. so right.
2: but um you know the, so we're we love the self Français too and the self Français are doing really good as far as um if so if you're buying a horse do you you want the brand. You want the horse to have gone through the the the, the inspection process. You don't want a generic. You know, uh, does that make sense? A horse that was bred, but then they didn't take it to the inspections. Is that for, um, for you
0: personally? I don't, most of them don't go through the inspections. Oh, no! Mm-mm. Most of them are. You know, they're It's a. It's a very interesting business in your I mean it's it is an industry of breeding these horses and selling them on as sport horses. And I don't think that for a lot of them the inspection they feel is necessary. Like if I go to look at a horse, I don't care if it has a brand. Okay. I look for I look for a certain body type, um, a certain balance of coordination, an uphill build, a certain type of muscling and uh, an attitude, there's there's just things we all do when we shop for horses to see what they're like. Like um, I've gone over to Holland quite a few times to shop for horses and I've been shopping in a um, basically a, a show jumping barn. And every time I go, if I'm interested in a horse, they're very nice to me. They let me take it out and hack it in the woods. And they laugh because some of these horses have never been out there before. <laughs> <sighs> like you want to go out there and I go oh I'm not going far I just want to see you know and I go off the path and over a log and through the water and up a hill I just I want to see their attitude right. um I want to see their footwork do they constantly look down at the ground right in front of them or does what I call looking out through the bridle do they look forward like across the field and down the road like I want a horse that's going to look out to the future, yeah. I want them to look where they're going. They're constantly looking what's right in front of them, staring at the puddle and staring at the gate. I'm not interested.
2: Wow. Hmm. See, these are just gold nuggets. Yeah, that, little, this is why I little nuggets. I love doing this show. So, take us to the the judging side. So, could you tell us how you got your start in, in the young event horse judging and you know, when you judge, you know, what are you looking for? And and can maybe talk to us about the Maryland five stars or, or you know, the Young Event Horse Championships at, at Maryland.
0: Well, um, I judge the dressage and jumping phase. I don't judge the confirmation phase. Um, to me, that's a real specialty. I have judged it. It's not something that I want to do, so we won't go there. Okay. Um, I like judging. Well, I mean people are very emotional about their horses and the confirmation. They take it very personal. If you ever say anything about his foot or his leg or the length of his neck, it's, it's much easier to talk to somebody about how the horse moves and all, but there's just, I don't know, maybe it's the way people are with their children, but confirmation is just a tricky reaction. But um, the dressage You're not really looking at them as potential for upper level dressage horses, like to be good in our sport. If they can do super good third level, easy fourth level, then they're going to be able to do well in the sport. So you look for the quality of the gait and how elastic the horse is, how balanced and how rideable. I don't mean it has to keep its head down and trudge along with submission, but what's its reaction to the rider when the rider asked for a canner? Um, we did have several horses blow up this year for whatever reasons. A couple of young horses just leapt into the air and spun around and ran the other way. Oh my. I, yeah. Well, I think that they were pretty nervous coming there and there was a lot of atmosphere. Most of the horses were great. They really were super attentive. Um, we put the five-year-old ring closer to the um, three- and five-star warm-up so that they could take the commotion, and we put the four-year-olds on the quieter side. And Most of them just went in there and worked beautifully. It was very easy to see what kind of movement they would have. Um, and you can tell with a lot of them how they reacted, to the rider it's like are they willing to take the direction um when they ask them to canter? are they willing to go forward or do they just hop into it uh, does it have a ground cover stride that they're going to be able to teach to adjust for collection and extension or is it a horse that lacks elasticity and just has one gear um and the test the they use you now for the championships, it's, it really shows that difference. Wow!
2: And then part of the jumping is the, the gallop. So you, you, that's all part of your, your judging, jumping, uh, jump, judging is oh, also that gallop at the end.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, judging the jumping is so fun. Well, the jumping counts for 70% of the score. So obviously that's a big part of our sport. So that is the most fun part to judge they go out and they do um, five show jumps and then they do 10 cross country jumps and there has to be enough variety that we can evaluate their ability. So there's a combination. They go through water, they do ditches. Um, there's big fences, there's fences, they're supposed to gallop and then there's a gallop at the end of the course that we judge independently. And the way we do the championships is it's, two judges working together. So this year it's Chris Ryan and myself. And as the horse does its course, we're discussing it back and forth. You know, what we like about it, what we think it could improve on. Is it going to be able to develop that? Um, because some of them will come in and show jump beautifully and you'll see them, you know, stretch the necks over the fence, pick up their legs, left- legs, use their body, jump out of stride, but then cross country. It's a totally different game and you can see a difference in how they face the fences and how they handle them.
2: Wow. How about that? So cool. Yeah. So much going into it. <clears throat> I find <laughs> that so much. So there's also a level of the rider understanding each question and riding the horse to answer that question in a, a, the way you want that question answered. Would you, is that showmanship somewhat impo- no, I wouldn't say showmanship, but proper riding and understanding the question. Like, not no, just- I
0: think showmanship is a good word. No, I think you're, you're right with showmanship. Um, just to back up for a moment, before the competition starts, we always have a rider meeting so that we can, as officials, explain to the competitors what the competition is, what we're looking for, because it's, still fairly new in this country. And I said to everybody, like, when you ride cross country, jump that fence whatever way's best for your horse. We're not looking for you to do it at high speed or slow. You need to look at that jump and jump it for the way it's built and the way your horse is going to handle it the best. So, yeah, some pros are amazing. You know, they know which fences they can gallop at, they know which ones need a little more set up. They can see if they can turn in the air, how they're going to get out of the water easier. Um, but anytime we compete, the professionals have an advantage. You you know what to do with the horses. You have a plan. But it was a pretty sophisticated group this year. I mean, many people that I wouldn't think of as professionals, I thought, presented the horses really well.
2: Wow. Well. That's amazing. I I know when we saw Chris and and, and, well, you know, we, I think you, you, we were with you and Chris were together when we first ran into Chris and he was just electric with enthusiasm for, for that young event horse and what he had just seen. So, um, could you, did you have the same feeling that this year was a, a, a noticeable upgrade in, in these young horses and how they competed? Did, did you feel that as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, like, I was raving about it because I've been in the program, I guess, since it started on the committee trying to put the whole program together and, and adjusting it for this country and where how we think we're going to get horses in the pipeline. Um, I would say that easily 10 horses out of, what do we have? I think 45 in our class. There are probably 10 to 15 that we both thought, Would go on and become four and five star horses if they're in a good program. Wow, Hmm. that's 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 awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, I mean they're amazing, and there there were several that I thought deserved to win. Now it's a composite score, so the confirmation can swing it. And there was one horse that I just loved. He didn't have the best dressage. He was you have. to judge what you see so Mm -hmm. sometimes your favorite horses aren't the ones that win you know if they're too tight or too anxious and not taking the transitions you can't just say oh i like you but this horse was unbelievable jumping and i just know in the right program he's going to make it i think he i don't know maybe pinned fourth or fifth something like that but it was one of my favorite horses
2: wow Um, so
0: exciting so exciting well we're starting to see
2: this we're starting to see this American eventing is obviously starting to make a, you know, an uptick, you know, and, uh, I definitely think this young, this young event horse program has got to have influence on this. And I think, I just think that the whole overall program of American eventing, I think is, is taking an uptick and is getting stronger. And we're starting to see that progress that, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but now I think those wheels are in motion. Would would you agree?
0: Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, and all these things—the credit has to go in so many directions. Like to finish about Yeh, one of the best things was the um, Turner Holcamp Grant that they give out every year, which goes whatever horse is the top horse in the U.S. this year as a five-year-old is eligible for this grant, and it's given out when they're seven, and they get. Um, a certain amount of money to go to France to be in the world championships for young horses, Leon, Leon and they've been given this grant for several years and they pay 18,000 for an American horse and half of that for a European horse being competed here. European bred. <clears throat> excuse me. So um, that's been a tremendous boost to the program. And I will brag for a minute. The first horse in the U.S. to go was mine. Ooh. That was Dor. I'm sorry, the sorry, horse that Lauren Kiefer ended up riding, she rode him.
2: You the, yeah, the first, very you, first. You 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 blipped out for a second. What was that horse's name?
0: D.A. Doras. D.A. I put D.A. in front of all the good horses.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, that's I exciting. like it. I do too. So
0: that's yeah. So that's um that. Um, program when they get to go over there is an important goal for a lot of people so it's really uh, helped to drive the interest to see if they can be part of that program and it's like Caroline Martin went over this year she Mm -hmm. took a six year old because she just wanted to give the horse the experience of competing in front of crowds of traveling of her seeing what the competition is going to be like um I mean you have like seventy horses in your division from twenty some countries. It's it's quite an eye opener. Yeah, That's sure incredible. Is. That is incredible. So
2: uh just moving on, because there's so much I want to cover and I and uh we won't keep you all night long. But the also what you do is you're you're also a certified instructor and and an of you you're also a regular eventing judge as well, not just the young horses. So and I don't mean that as just, but um, can you tell us a little bit more about the, the those two you know sides of your business and, and how much of time that takes?
0: Oh my God, it does take time for sure. like it sounds like such a good idea when you do it. Like, I'm a <laughs> dressage judge. I'm an event judge and a young event horse judge and i I do all of those and i or, organize with my family floor lay horse trials. I'm the person that started Jersey Fresh back in its infancy, the three day, I just, you know, the, like wherever I see something that I feel I can do, that's what I do. And um, I do really enjoy the judging that that's a very important part of the sport to me.
2: Gotcha. How much time does that take? Do you do a lot of that? Like, do you do a lot of judging throughout the year?
0: Yeah, I'm starting to um, now that I don't compete as much. I just feel that it's important that riders are be- and horses are being evaluated by someone that's done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if if you've ridden around Kentucky on several different horses or you've ridden around Fair Hill in the rain, I think you're a better official when you go out to do a course inspection. Yeah, yeah. I think. That, yeah, I mean, like I love being present in the ground jury. Because you go out and you inspect the course and you look at the facility and you hopefully make it as fair as it can be if anything needs to be adjusted. I try to be very approachable uh, to all the riders if they have questions or concerns or changes, something that we may have overlooked or we were going to try to fix and haven't gotten to yet. Or if there's some confusion I just feel that um, as a competitor, I can give it a a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When I'm doing that, so yeah. I mean, as a dressage judge, you can come in with a straight dressage background, but as the eventing judge, you know, it's it's better if you've done it yourself. Yeah. Often
2: we forget about that that the ground jury does that as well. And I wouldn't say not everyone forgets, but I I know it's easy to. Forget that those courses were also inspected by the ground jury and and so forth Val corando uh pride was on the show, and she really elaborated a lot about that when mm-hmm. as a as an eventing judge and and went into those nuances and i was I learned a lot there too so
0: most organizers work well with the officials they want the feedback. they're not like um once in a while you'll you'll want into somebody that doesn't want you to come in and change anything. And we're not looking to change things. We're looking to, to work together as a team. Mm. And most of the uh, organizers, they want you to look at it in case there's something they could make better or they should have done. Or let's get things all so that when the riders get here, they'll be happy. Um, not one person can, can see it all. So it's, yep. it's usually a very good group working together. Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Lots of different perspectives help make everything better mm-hmm. uh oh absolutely as an organizer last last little bit before we move on uh as an organizer we always like to just talk about volunteering we we don't talk about it enough on the show no, Karen, we don't. but as far as volunteering goes um from your perspective as an organizer you know what what are your thoughts on that i know obviously you you love volunteers you need them can you just share a little bit about that and
0: um you know any thoughts on that it is a it's a hard thing for a lot of competitions. We are lucky here uh, Florida Lake because it's a, a family business and my niece is here and she runs a lesson program. So the students get so excited over hosting an event, you have mostly students doing the volunteer work. Um, and people that board here or, or train with me and ship in, a lot of them like to back that one day they're not competing so we're we're pretty lucky that way the pony club handles the parking um so yes it is definitely down home but we we have that i think it's harder for some of these destination events to um get the volunteers in and reward them in such a way that they feel part of it
2: yeah i i think i I think that that's awesome. to had the Boy Scouts do the parking. I know we did a little, you know, we did a little donation to the Scouts, mm-hmm. kind of helped them out. We're big Scout supporters too, so we love that. And and uh, everyone just does a great job at tree So we need volunteers. So definitely yes. get out there and volunteer. for
1: Everyone, should absolutely. Volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. I think
2: the Boy Scouts help park us at Radnor too.
1: Yeah, no? Radnor. No, yeah, Boy yep. Scouts. Mm-hmm. So it happens
2: yep. all around. The Pony Clubs help it. Like Lockmoyd, a um, um, Lock Moy, the Pony Club mm-hmm. helps do the parking. So that's a great uh, resource too, for sure.
0: Um, yeah, I don't don't know how to reward volunteers enough. I mean, I'm always, we try to do things like give them clinics and picnics and parties and something more than lunch and a shirt. We try and do some kind of activity for them. Um, during COVID, of course, all that shuts down. Nobody wants to be near one another, (laughs) but we're all kind of crawling out again. So, um, gotcha hopefully we can do something for them this year yeah Yeah. no i think that's really
2: smart Mm -hmm. too is to to really make sure the volunteers feel that they're they're special Mm -hmm. you know and and we got to remember to thank our volunteers so whenever you're walking around always thank you uh last last thing on my end before karen moves on jersey fresh is pretty much the jersey fresh international uh we've seen the last one uh being the original organizer do, do you have any uh words you'd like to share about that
0: well, I think that they served a very valuable um, input for the sport. When we started it, we just, it was the old level. So it was the old two star. And we needed one on the East Coast. So we started it as a two star, which is now, of course, three. And I think that it's a perfect venue for a, a competition at that level. I think what's hard now is trying to host four stars at these different facilities. There's some destination facilities that it's just so hard to compete that have the all-weather footing, the big stabling, um, professional organization. I mean, trying to have a state park put in a bid against somebody like Tryon that has all the advantages. I think the destination events are, they're very important but I think that some of those smaller events are going to be pushed aside from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough situation because we have new events coming up and you're excited about those. And then you hate to see the other ones going away and, and you hope that, um, you know, we hope we have a good balance yeah. of everything. I'm, yeah. I gotta have faith that the people in charge are, are, are doing the best for the sport. And I don't know.
0: And I think we need to do what's best for the horses and riders. I mean, I like taking Clarence this year. I really, Kurt and I picked the best footing, the best cross country courses. Um, we had certain things we wanted her to do so she'd be ready for fair hill. I mean, that was our goal is to try and pull it out there. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we got to We got uh the sports ever evolving and, and, um, I don't know. I'm no expert on any of this stuff, Karen.
1: So. Neither am I. <laughs> that's, that's
2: why no one comes to me for questions. No one's interviewing me. <laughs> so, and I, I, I keep saying last thing, I keep saying last thing, but you know, you've taken all these instruct, you know, you've taken instructor courses, you've taken the judging classes and the certifications and all that. Any, um, you know, uh, that, that sounds like a lot of time commitment on, on your end and all that. And now, uh, do you feel like that's value, like it's worth it? Are you, are you glad you've done all that and that you're, you, you've done all these different um, hold all these different hats within the sport?
0: Oh, I wouldn't do it any other way. I'm still um, like, if I have time, like being in Ocala in the winter is the best because I get to watch other people teach. I still go and watch cause I could ride better. I could train better. I went to um, WAC, the World Equestrian Center, and scribed for two days so that I could work with upper-level dressage judges, so that my eye would be better with half passes, the half-passes of flying changes, the movements our advanced horses do, or my vocabulary could be better. Um, I watch Ann Krasinski teach. I watch James Burtwell. I watch David. I watch Karen. Um, it's the perfect place to be in the winter for me. Because there's something you can do every week to be a little bit smarter, a little more educated. Just there's always something. Even if you're just watching the, the warm-up at the jumper show, you'll watch how they, what kind of fence they start with, what they finish with, what equipment they use. Now it's um I think I became diverse because there's so much in our sport that I enjoy that um it just kind of nudges me in one direction and the next
2: that's awesome yeah, i love sure. the fact that you're still learning you still are trying to seek judges with higher qualification oh, to you uh, to learn from i think that's absolutely really cool. you find these unfortunately sometimes you see kind of like the, the you see like the big fish in the little pond syndrome but then the real people who really are like get it are the ones who have the humility to know they're always they got always still learn so mm-hmm. i love hearing that that's always a great learning. lesson so
0: Oh yeah. I was asking questions at Farrell. I asked when I officiate, I ask questions of the other officials. There's there's always something where you wish. Um, Chris Barnard does a great job at our show jump course design. I'm thrilled every time I get to work with him because I have never, ever left one of his courses where I haven't learned one more thing that I really glad I asked about or that he pointed out to me.
2: Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. He's a past guest. Yes, he is. Yes. We had the best guests. He was a guest,
1: too. All right. So, Debbie, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to play Quick Fire Questions. Quick Fire Questions. Oh, fun for who? <laughs> Putting
2: you on a hot seat, Debbie.
1: <laughs> and this Quick Fire Questions is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance Services. So it's just five simple questions and you don't have to be quick, but we do have strict grading at the end.
2: Strict grading.
1: All right. Okay. Here All right. I go. <laughs> okay. So question number one, who was your favorite writer growing up?
0: Wow. My favorite writer growing up. Um, Probably. I don't know what phase we call growing up because I still am. <laughs> but probably. One of the most impressive riders of my lifetime was Bruce Davidson when he was in his prime. I um, mean, the man is part horse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent answer.
1: Excellent, I think. Yeah. Sure, yeah, he's a already? brilliant one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question number two Do you have any hobbies outside of horses? Do you have time? Do oh. <laughs> you have hobbies? <laughs>
0: I absolutely love cooking. I cook dinner every night. Oh. I'm fascinated with food. I like to buy it. I like to shop for it. I like to prepare it. I like to eat it. I like to read about it. You know, I'm a I'm a foodie before it was popular. Ooh, <laughs> me and Debbie can hang. Can you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that includes wine. Wine is included as a food. Ooh, there you, there you go. Right. I'm down with yeah, that. That's another food You fruit. can educate
2: me on some wine because I'm trying to learn more about wine.
1: okay if you could try a different riding discipline what would it be
0: well i have done quite a bit in the dressage world i used to do that i rode through fei and dressage so that doesn't count because i've done that i would probably try to do more in jumpers i've only done jumpers very low and um that would be a fun thing it's it's yeah I'd probably do that. For sure. What I really want to try, if I could just try just for an afternoon, I want to ride a cutting horse. There you go. We get that a lot. Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I see why. It I don't really want to cool. do it as a sport. I just want to do it once. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. For that sure. That would be fun. <laughs> All right. If they made a movie about your life, what actress would you want to play you?
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Boy, I don't she has the I'm Zimmers. gonna have to you on that. Jeez, who who could do that? Who would want to do it? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm i I got one wrong answer. Oh, that's a oh.
2: that's a pass,
0: Karen. All, All right, right. We'll one get, demerit. We'll get, one uh, demerit. <laughs> I'll think of it though I'm gonna mail that one in. Okay. Okay. All right. All
1: right. So, last question: If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be?
0: I would go back and ride my very first advanced horse. That was Undented Pride. And I would give him the ride that the more educated Debbie has. Because he was a lovely horse, a big thoroughbred horse that came off the track, took me to Kentucky twice, jumped around clean, was shortlisted in 96. I mean, this was a fabulous horse. And he deserves... The more educated writer that I became, and that's who I would write again.
2: Great oh, answer.
1: That is a great answer, Karen. A plus plus. A plus plus. Even even with missing
2: one, well, we got an
0: A you plus, know, plus She got extra credit with Bruce. Extra credit and a great answer <laughs> at the yeah, end. Yeah, because so. it's going to take me a while to figure out who my actress a is. Strong
2: <laughs> strong finish for Debbie. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Oh,
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Debbie, as
1: we wind things down. Do you have advice for someone with a young horse that is thinking about uh, competing in the Young Event Horse Series?
0: Oh, absolutely do it. What I would, what I wish most people would do, um, and again, I think Caroline does this, Caroline Martin, is compete in more than one competition. I think they're very educational for horses because you don't put pressure on them. It's a very, laid back atmosphere and because you're judging potential people aren't um being so demanding in the dressage they're allowing the horses to go more forward so i think it gives the young horses a competition experience without so much tension involved and because you get to school through the water before you go on course um I think they come home with a really positive experience. So, yeah, I think it's great. Even if you have a horse that you know is not going to be in the championships or win the championships, I think it's great mileage.
2: Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's a good idea to do it more than once, too. Yeah, get all practiced. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I always think of it like, oh, I qualified and then I just kind of move on. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what they do. And it's, um, yeah.
2: They I can't take your qualification away. Once on. you got it, you're good. So even if the next one you have a stumble or, or you know, right. You, right. They're not okay. gonna, you, you don't unqualify because you didn't do well. So. No, no, no. no. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Everything's been gold. Debbie, this has been so fantastic.
1: Okay. I learned a lot. We did learn that was a lot. Fun.
2: <laughs> last, a uh, last little bit. Just do, how do people, do you have like a website or social media or, or floralie or or, um? How, how do people follow along with anything that you have going?
0: You know, I'm very bad that way. And that's, that's why I'm showing, I guess, my age, that I don't have social media. And I should because I now look up everybody else on social media. <laughs> but I don't have it. And now I'll get yelled at again this week by all my friends and students like Debbie get something up there. <laughs> I'm the old fashioned word of mouth. Look me up. Call me on the phone. Got gotcha. the phone numbers listed every place being an official and an organizer. Well, imagine um, how
2: busy you'd be if you were easy to get a hold of. <laughs>
0: oh, I, can't, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I'm still sitting here in my vest and my shirt from being outside today. Yes, it's oh.
2: funny.
0: Uh, funny. One, one last I mean, question what, I have to what ask. What I do?
2: <laughs> just before we wrap it up, the horse that's coming this week, can you tell us about this horse that's coming in that you just bought?
0: Well, um, yeah, we can get excited about him. I have not seen him in person, which is very unusual really? for me. Um, but I totally, totally trust the man that owns the that owned the horse before me. I did buy the horse through an auction, but I knew the person that put the horse in the auction, so I called and, and spoke with him about it. And um, it's super well-bred. It's beautifully built. It's balanced. So if it's not um, good in our sport or good for me to be working with, he's going to be able to transition. And that's the the good thing about so many different hats that I wear. I know people Mm -hmm. that, you know, if I need to sell him as a jumper or an eck horse or something, if he's not an event horse, it's fine. So I'm taking a bit of a gamble. He's really well bred his contendro on the bottom, uh Falaise de Muse on top. So he should be a super balanced forward thinking jumper. So we'll see. Wow.
2: Do you have Check a name him.
0: already? Oh, he came with a name. His name's Noble.
2: Noble. So, DA Noble.
0: Noble? So it's gonna be D.A. Noble. Yeah. I like it. And, i like it too.
2: And do you yeah, have a jockey so lined up already for once you're ready to pay someone? Like if it's, if he's it's an event horse, or is that to be determined?
0: Um, if things go well, i i I'd like to ride him for the first couple of years and getting going in the sport. So you'll you'll see me out there with my baby. Super. Um, probably. You know, you never know how things are going to go, but. Probably it would be Kurt. I, I love the feel that he has for horses. He's ridden some others for me and and done a great job um, over the years. I've picked different riders depending on the horses, but I I love the way that Kurt tunes into them, and he and I get along great. And he's a um, a straight shooter, and so am I. So that that works out well.
2: Yeah he's a gentleman uh, mm-hmm. i really like kurt a lot he oh my goodness uh, we have interviewed him on the show in the past like a full form and then i caught up with him just like doing throwing like the walking down the vendor area and i caught up with him and did a little
1: walking and talking walking and
2: talking with him after the dressage and 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 um you know he's just a real gentleman a real uh like you say he's a straight shooter he tells you exactly what's on his mind he's a he's he's all business and um yeah I think he's a great guy to be with so we have a lot of I mean we're fans of so many riders, but I think it's nice that yeah. you find who's gonna match with you you match with as well as who would match with your horse's type and I think that's yeah, really right. a smart
0: and I hope with Kurt I mean I hope that he's the one yeah. that he's that he wants to ride the horse and the horse gets with him I mean that would be ideal
2: for sure hmm. i'm I'm sure I'm sure anything you're picking out Kurt's on board with so well
0: Karen, was this fantastic? This was,
2: Yeah. <laughs> Karen, this was absolutely fantastic. It was. Debbie, this was everything I hoped it would be and thought it would be and just thank you so much for sharing all of your wonderful insight mm-hmm. and knowledge and your great story.
1: And thank you to Chris for
0: introducing Debbie to us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it was fun and I'm going to mail in my answer on the uh, actress
2: I'll and what we'll do is i'll dub it in so when you mail it in and i read it i'll read it and i'll be like uh,
0: okay you know,
2: susan sarandon
1: right? and like,
2: <laughs> and we'll put it in no <laughs> one will know <laughs> so awesome debbie well thank you so much and uh um, we, we just look forward to seeing you out there again soon okay yeah we'll
0: be right out there next week
1: <laughs> thanks for listening We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers!